G'day, my name's Martin Murray and you're listening to the In The Paddock podcast, where we talk all things farming. Welcome to the first main episode of the In The Paddock podcast. These longer episodes allow us to take a deeper look into a topic and just cover it off in a bit more detail. Sometimes it'll just be me rambling on about a particular thing like today's episode. Other times we'll be interviewing an expert in their field, talking about whatever gets them going in farm production. Or we'll be talking to a grower about their business, their farm and what really drives their production. And I don't know how good the audio quality is here, but if you can hear a bit of rain on the corrugated roof in the background, is a top-notch sound. Been having a cracking day, we're currently up to about an inch of rain, it's lovely. Anyway, today's topic is how to grow wheat. And while the topic is called how to grow wheat, the name is slightly misleading, and that really is just a basic set of rules for growing any crop. Basically, there are several key things that you need to look at to grow a crop and things that you just want to check off and get correct to make sure you can get the most out of your crop. It's important to remember that your yield is capped. Your yield potential is set. Before you sow the first seed in the ground, you have no control over that. We operate in a moisture-limited system. Therefore, the amount of rain that falls between the harvesting of your last crop and the harvesting of your current crop is what will determine your yield along with any freak weather events that may occur, but there are steps we can take to mitigate them. Overall, we are limited by moisture, and so we must work to protect moisture as best as we can and protect the crop from stress, because any stress that occurs during the crop will reduce the yield potential. And once you've lost that yield, you're not getting it back. It can't be recovered. Our maximum yield is set from the start, and everything we do, at best, will not reduce the yield, and at worst will reduce the yield, sometimes by a little, sometimes by a lot, but that's all just part of the game. So what do we need to grow a good crop of wheat? Well, first we need to protect our moisture. As I said earlier, we live in a moisture limited environment. We need to protect every drop of rain that falls in those paddocks because every drop of rain helps to add to our yield potential. As I said before, and I cannot stress this enough, our yield is limited by moisture. We need to protect that, and if we do everything else right, we will get our maximum benefit. So how do we do that? There are two things we do to protect our yield. One is good fallow control. So cleaning up those weeds, getting on top of them early, stopping them setting seed, and stopping them using moisture. And two, protecting our ground cover. Ground cover is essential. I cannot stress that enough. Ground cover is what really helps to drive that fallow efficiency. It is what helps you retain the most amount of moisture possible. The way you do that is you have the most amount of stubble possible. So when you harvest a crop, you don't want to plough your country. You don't want to cultivate your country. You don't want to burn your stubble. You want to keep it there. If you're thinking, I might not be able to get my sowing rig through there next season, and the way to get around that is you mulch it. Go through with a flail mulcher or even a large slasher and just chop it off. I'll help mulch it, and provided you still leave a good stand there, the rest of that uh, stubble that has been mulched will fall and cover the ground in between the rows, and it adds a nice, good mulch layer. Now, not only does that help increase your moisture, it also helps boost your nutrient cycling a bit as that stuff will break down a little bit quicker. Now, if you don't have any stubble cover, if you've grown a crop like cotton, canola, chickpeas, things that really don't leave a lot of stubble cover, then you might want to consider a cover crop. This is a crop that you sow just for the purpose of growing it up to a solid height and then spraying it out. So it acts as a nice layer of biomass that protects the ground from the sun and keeps any moisture that falls in the ground. Now, they're not always the most economic choice. 
Sometimes they can be a quite difficult choice and sometimes they don't even pay off from a moisture conservation point of view. But we need to do what we can to try and protect our moisture as much as we can. This becomes particularly relevant if you've got a long fallow. Again, say if you've come out of cotton, doesn't have a lot of ground cover and you're fallowing it through to wheat. So you've got a winter fallow followed by a summer fallow followed by your winter crop wheat. That is when you might want to look at putting in a cover crop, putting in some oats, rye corn, something that'll get out of the ground quickly, grow up, provide a fair bit of biomass and you can just spray it out and it'll act as ground cover, helping you maintain cover through to the next crop. So that'll help you increase your fallow efficiency. As I said, they are the two main things to maintaining that fallow efficiency and boosting that level of moisture accumulated over the fallow period is maintaining that ground cover and good weed control. Get on top of those weeds early, spray them out, keep your ground cover and just keep things moving. However, if you are spraying out your weeds, you need to be careful of plant backs. Some herbicides have them, some don't, it depends on what you're using, but most have some level of plant back. Whether it's a day, whether it's a week, uh, whether it's two years uh, for some, you have to be wary of what you've put out in your past, whether it's over your fallow period or in the previous crop. And depending on where you are, if you're in a dry environment, if you say Walgett or Canamble, somewhere like that, it's been through a fair bit of a dry spell, these herbicides and their residuals can hang around in the soil for much longer than appears on label. It's something you've really got to be cautious with, particularly if you're going back in with a sensitive crop. Wheat isn't overly sensitive to most herbicides, but it is to some, so you always need to read the label. You always need to check that plant back and need to manage your herbicides carefully. Now, a couple of other things can lead to crop experiencing some herbicide stress, not just plant backs and residue from previous crops. Sometimes a spray rig hasn't been cleaned out properly and may have a chemical in it that can damage the crop. So that's something else that you really need to manage is get on top of that gear, make sure it's cleaned out, make sure it's well and truly decontaminated before you go into any sensitive crops. Other thing you've got to be wary of is drift from other crops. If you're, say, spraying something in a neighbouring paddock, it might be fine to go on that paddock, but will affect the paddock next to it. You've really got to watch that drift, watch for that wind, and you really don't want to be spraying it all in, uh, in conditions that are going to drift onto sensitive areas. It's just not what we want. We really need to show that we are conducting best practice out there and don't want to be spraying in variable conditions. Other thing, of course, to remember is make sure you're putting the right chemical on the right crop. Every now and then you hear of a mistake being made, someone's misread a label, grabbed the wrong drum, whatever, tipped the wrong thing in the spray rig and wiped out a crop, or at best just knocked it back significantly. All of that will reduce yield and will reduce it significantly. So you've got to make sure you're being thorough, checking your labels and putting the right gear on the right crop. Other thing to keep in mind when sowing a crop is avoiding nutritional stress. It can be just as bad as herbicide damage. A crop needs to be fed in much the same way as we need to be fed. They need to have the right nutrition in them to let them grow to their full potential and be that nice big wheat crop that we all want. Without a full range of nutrition, they won't hit their full potential and yield will be lost. This is incredibly important to keep in mind. With the exception of legumes, which can pull nitrogen from the atmosphere, all plants source their nutrients from the soil and legumes still source every other nutrient from the soil. You can't just make nutrients appear from nowhere. They all come from the soil. That's where they are. The only way to add nutrition to the soil is to add some sort of fertilizer. That could be manure, that could be cotton trash, it could be just your normal fertilizers. Your MAP, your DAP, your super, urea, all those products add nutrition to the soil and they need to be added. 
because every time you harvest a crop and even in a pasture every time you take cattle off a crop you harvest wool off a sheep you send a beast to the abattoir you're losing nutrition they are nutrients that have come off your place and they are not being replaced as i said only a legume will add nitrogen and that is the only nutrient it will add everything else is being lost off the place so how do we keep on top of this one you've got a soil test you've got to monitor your soil tests and to an extent monitor the yields because if you know what you're exporting off the property in terms of grain yield you can quite easily work out how much nutrition is being lost off the field as well as for every ton of grain that's taken off we know that there is x amount of phosphorus that's going x amount of nitrogen x amount of sulfur x amount of zinc that has been taken off the paddock and you need to replace that otherwise your soils will be slowly depleted of nutrition over time and we see this and we see this regularly we see this in soils where over time they have not been applying fertilizer and they have not been replacing those nutrients that have been lost as the crops been harvested and exported and you'll notice that through a soil test done through the profile the further down the soil you go the less nutrition there is might be a bit in that top 10 centimeters where you're getting all that foliage breakdown and it's reincorporating the nutrition back in there but it is slowly disappearing and in some places where they've been farming for a long time and they just aren't replacing that nutrition you will see that there is none anywhere in the profile i've seen places where you cannot detect elements such as phosphorus or sulfur anywhere through the profile they are just completely gone and they need a serious amount of fertilizer to bring them back and boost that yield potential back up to where it should be back up where the amount of rain that we are getting is determining that yield potential so as i've said you need to keep that fertilizer up to the plant and you got to track your yields and track your soil test just to keep on top of that nutrition that you are exporting out of the paddock so all of this nutrition monitoring and fallow management need to be done before the crops even sown before the crops in the ground you need to know what is going on there then you get to sowing and sowing is the most important operation that a grower can undertake if it is done well at the right time it will set the plant up to reach its maximum yield potential however it's done poorly it can lead to a stack of issues you can end up with a staggered germination which can go on to affect your herbicide timing it can affect well your harvest uh, half your crop might be ready the other half won't it reduces the yield potential generally of whatever's come up later if it's done very poorly you may need to re-sow and if you're re-sowing with the same variety chances are if you're re-sowing with the same variety you'll be re-sowing out of its target sowing window which means it won't be flowering in the ideal window which generally leads to an increased risk of heat stress at the time of flowering but likewise if you sow too early you can also increase your risk of frost now if you increase your risk of frost you can really be running a dangerous game and you can lose the whole crop with the wrong frost at the wrong time so that's why it's incredibly important to get your sowing done right you've got to be prepared so you've got your seed there you've got your fertilizer there and your sowing rigs ready to go so you can be in there on the right day at the right time get that crop in the ground get it in moisture get it germinating and get every seed up it is what you want you get that nice even establishment you are setting yourself up for success now once your crops established that's when other factors come into play you can face risks from weed disease and insect pressure we've spoken a little bit above about weeds in the fallow period and the importance of controlling them likewise it is just as important to control them in crop if they get away in crop they're competing for moisture they're competing for nutrients 
and they are competing for sunlight, they can physically suppress the crop. So you want to be onto it. Whether that's through the use of a pre-emergent herbicide, early post-emergent herbicide, or just a herbicide in crop. Depends on when the weeds are germinating, what weeds you're targeting, and the crop stage that you can use those herbicides at. Other pressures that you might face in crop include pests and disease. There are any number of pests that can affect the crop. They include aphids, mites, grubs, just to name a few. And they all attack the crop at different stages and have a different effect on the crop. Some of them just stunt the growth of the plant, like mites. Mites and aphids in the early stage, they suck the sap, reduce the plant growth and just stunt it a bit. Some spread virus, aphids do that. Barley yellow dwarf virus affects both barley, as its namesake, and wheat. And it just stunts the plant, dwarfs it, again as the name suggests. There's no cure for that. Once it's happened, it's happened. You can only hope to stop the aphids spreading it further around the crop. Other pests such as grubs, they can eat the crop. They can cut off the stems, cut off the tillers, eat the seed heads, eat the grain pods. They can just literally eat your yield away. So how do we keep on top of these? Well, you've got to regularly monitor your crop. You've got to cow out there, you've got to get in the paddock, get your boots dirty and check what is in there, what is growing. Get right down to ground level. Some of them only live around the base of the plant. And at some times I've even seen aphids just under the soil level, chewing away, sucking the life out of the plant. Some of these pests you can prevent. You can treat your seed with a systemic insecticide that stops the bugs from attacking the plant. They bite into the plant, they will die, so your crop gets to live and fight another day. However, that may not always be the case. Some insects like grubs you can't really prevent against. You've really just got to be in the crop checking for them and if you see them you've got to spray them and deal with them. It's the best way to keep on top of these sort of things. Likewise with disease, prevention is the best cure. You cannot cure a disease, you can only prevent it from occurring. If you've seen the disease it's too late, it is in there, it is taking away yield. The best thing you can do is try and stop it spreading. In many cases you can treat the seed with a fungicide that prevents fungal diseases from taking hold early, but they still may occur later on in the crop and get right up there in the canopy. If that occurs, you'll want to get on top of the fungicide. you want to get out there before a rain event and put a foliar fungicide on. Why do I say before a rain event? It needs to be before a rain event because moisture, like you get in a rain event and the dewy days that follow it, are what triggers fungal disease. They need those wet days, that wet period, to spread and colonize the plant so if you see that sort of weather occurring, you need to get out there with a fungicide, get on top of it, and prevent that disease from occurring. Likewise, if you start to see disease in your paddock, you need to get out there with a fungicide and protect the rest of your crop from that disease spreading. You want to find out a bit more about fungicides and how they're used, I suggest you check out my last Wednesday Tech Talk, where I went over the types of fungicides that are available and how you can use them in your cropping program. Now, everything that we've mentioned so far, that can all be identified, treated, prevented, but sometimes yield loss just can't be avoided. You'll get a freak weather event like a hailstorm, unseasonal frost or, or extreme heat stress that'll reduce yield or just wipe out the crop completely. While there's little that can be done to prevent this from occurring, there are some factors that you can tweak slightly. By knowing the ideal time to sow in your area and fewer elevation, you can help prevent your crop being affected by frost and heat. Both of those will reduce yield in their own way, but if you can find some local data, and identify when those risk periods are, whether it's from local weather stations, DPI crop guide, wherever it may come from, a local research group possibly, and you can get out there and identify that ideal sowing time 
and sow them. It is the best chance you've got to avoiding those freak weather events such as frost and extreme heat. There is no secret or perfect method to growing a record-breaking crop each year. There are a few things you can do to maximise your chances, and that's just be prepared. Be organised, be prepared. Be on top of your fallow. Make sure those weeds are gone and you've got plenty of ground cover. Be on top of your crop. Make sure you're on top of your disease. Make sure you're on top of your pests. Just be out there, in the paddock, all the time, checking, looking for issues, and when you see an issue, deal with it immediately. And that way, you'll get as close as you can to the moisture-limited yield potential. Hopefully you've enjoyed this format. As I said, I'm going to try and break it up in the future. I'm going to try and get on a few people. Uh, so it's not just me ranting into a microphone. We'll have some experts in their field on to talk about whatever they are an expert on, whether it's nutrition, cover crops, crop management, finance, business, farm management, whatever it is, we'll get them on. And just people to talk about their business and what actually drives their system. Anyway, hopefully you've enjoyed the podcast. Please subscribe and stay tuned for future episodes. Please remember that this advice is general in nature and always consult your own expert before acting on what you've heard here. Thanks for listening to the In The Paddock podcast. Hopefully you took something out of it that'll help you on your farming journey. Please remember to subscribe so you can stay tuned for the latest shows. Remember to like, share, rate and review to help others find us. Until next time, keep at it.